Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Bethel Radio Hour, where Bible study and radio collide. Tonight in our segments, we will be discussing Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 24, building the Mount Rushmore podcasts, and finishing our discussions on the church. I am Molly Kingston, your fourth, your producer and fourth chair panelist. Joining me in the first chair is Pastor Ben Kingston. Dad, when was the last time you felt a big adrenaline rush? The last time I heard that Boston Port Shoulder was going on sale for a dollar twenty nine a pound. <laughs> I mean, I'm fifty seven years old, so you know, you, it's you the little manage, things. You got to manage those things. Pretty good rush. In the second chair is Dr. Gavin Hooks. When was the last time you felt a big adrenaline rush? I'm sure it was in traffic, but I can't say what. <laughs> That is fair. <laughs> or say what you said, right? Right. Yes. Or it's just because it happens all the time. He right. can't distinguish right. the times. Uh. Finally, our third chair panelist is Ryan Mayberry. When was the last time you felt a big adrenaline rush? Uh, I couldn't pinpoint a single mm. time. It happens quite a bit at work and stuff. Mm. Between. A brick falling, you know. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> just stuff happening. I'll just leave it at that. Whoopsie. <laughs> Again, Whoopsie. also things you can't say. Yeah. <laughs> um. I definitely have a lot while driving to Uncle Gavin, but I said it was having a massive pike, or I assume it was a pike, on the line in the wilderness. I never got it on the boat, so I have no idea what it was, but I'm convinced it was the biggest fish that was caught. Or I guess it wasn't caught. That was Hooked. on the hook. Yeah. On the hook. Yeah, that was fun. Those in the audience, if you'd like to share your own answer to this question, text the number on the screen, and I'll share them throughout the show. This also applies to any other questions or topics of discussion we broach. As always, if you listen later online, please comment your answer on the Facebook post and then like and share so others can join in on the fun. So, Dad, Ephesians 6. Yes. So, uh, it, has it literally taken us all year to get to all Ephesians? All year. And, of course, you know, we, we miss a lot of weeks and the such, but, um, and we've obviously kind of sped up our approach as we're, because we wanted to get done. But literally, uh, there are so many sugar sticks uh, from a preacher's perspective in Ephesians. Uh, it, it is a treasure trove of gold, you know, scripture, uh, heavenly wisdom, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to spiritual warfare, this is one of the main passages that you go to. Uh, you know, there's a lot of family advice in Ephesians. Uh, there's a lot of church advice in Ephesians. But this this is now, I mean, it certainly applies to both family and church. But this is the individual suiting up. You know, I, and no offense to, to the churches that I was a part of, but, but this was not, what would the word be? It was not pinpointed. It was not elevated as I grew up in church. It wasn't until college and beyond and when I really got exposed uh, to basic life principles that the putting on the armor every day was something that was really seen as non-negotiable. You know, the way it was presented in that uh, material, you're really not serious if you're not doing this, you know, type thing. And, and again, not in those words, but, 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 it, but it got across. Now, I, I'm not trying to say that as much as... <laughs> I believe it is very integral to a disciple's life to be prepared for the onslaught of the devil. You know, something that I've tried to teach and train here, those, those three prayers that you pray every day, 
Lord, protect me from the onslaught of the devil, the deceitfulness of my flesh, and the confirmation of this world. And all three of those have different approaches in the word of God as to how to overcome. And when it comes to the onslaught of the devil, this armor is key. So before we go any further, let's dive in. Uh, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, Paul says, uh, not selfishly, but, but he's basically saying, I want to make sure and ask this request, uh, supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister to the Lord shall make known to you all things whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose that ye may know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Excuse me. Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen. Written from Rome under the Ephesians by Tychicus. So that last drink of Dr. Pepper might not have been the most advised. <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, and we probably will not get to that last closing just because of time because I want to make sure that we soak here for a moment. First of all, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, I can't speak for you, but all of the salutations stuff and all that, if I'm not careful, I just gloss over that. But we got to listen to what Paul's saying here. He, he's, he's saying, finally, you know, th th this is important. I'm not ending before I tell you this. Be strong in the Lord. I love that passage in Jeremiah that says, uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. When you break that down, what is the joy of the Lord? In my humble opinion, it's the fact that he's never sinned. Mm. The, Lord cannot, the Lord can relate to you and I on every other level. He cannot relate to the shame, to the failure you know, of sin, other than it being placed upon him on the cross. And so uh, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is the power that got Christ through that crucifixion. This is the power that got Christ through death for three days. This is the power that raised Christ from the dead. So there is literally nothing that God wants you and I to do that we cannot do through the power of Christ. Comments? And he even says it uh, in the book of Genesis. As early as the beginning of time, he talks to uh, Cain after he kills Abel. And he says, if you don't do well, sin lies at the door and his desire is for you, but you should rule over it. So even at the beginning of you time, choice. you have a choice. Amen. And, and this was before the indwelling of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's powerful stuff. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So this is a command. Put on the whole armor of God 
that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So this is an armor from God. It is not something you and I can see, but it is real. It is to be put on daily. And then why? To stand against the wiles of the devil. Brother Gavin, what's the 2023 word for wiles? Schemes. There you go. Schemes. The the trickery, you know, the, the plans that the devil had. Think about that. And, and you know, y'all know, because all of you sit under my preaching week in, week out, uh, the devil wants you dead. The, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's okay with humiliating you in the process. That's he's right. Okay with that too. That's right. And he's got a plan to do it. And it's a darn good one. <laughs> I mean, it really. He's, he's been doing it for a while. He, he has. He's good at what he does. All right. Uh, other kind, because I'm just going to go phrase for phrase. <coughs> so jump in when you got something. Uh, but against principality. Oh, I'm sorry. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, this is very important. And, and you might think, well, Brother Ben, yeah, that's good advice for preachers. No, it's good advice for every person that's listening to this under the sound of my voice. Yes, it's good advice for preachers. So what is that advice? Preachers, don't let church members come to you and tell on other church members, and then you go do their bidding and get on to them. Don't do that. That is a trap. Why? Because that church member that is coming to you, whether it's because you're close, whether it's because they just really hate the person that they're upset, irregardless, they are shirking their responsibility. And they're hoping that you will do what Scripture has commanded them to do. And that is to go to that person that has hurt them and let's face it, 90% says it's a misunderstanding. You know, it's probably not what you've conjured up in your mind. They meant to do that. No, probably not. But you won't know till you go. And I have yet to have someone answer positively to this question. Would you like other people to go to other people before they come to you? Well, no, no. I want someone that's upset with me to come to me. So we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So who's at, who's at fault here? Why are church members mad at church members? Why are churches splitting? Here it is. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So when you break this down, not only are you wrestling, if you will, against the devil. You're wrestling against his hierarchy. You're wrestling against his commanders, his generals. You're also wrestling against his rank and file, his lackeys, if you will. Now, I hope and pray that, that you know, I figure that only the people that are doing great damage against Satan's kingdom probably comes up against the generals, you know, and, and, and the really awesome <laughs> demons of the underworld, okay? So in other words... They're messing with people like Franklin Graham and, you know, David Jeremiah and fill in the blank. And, and, but, you know, that's not to say that the, the influences that we're dealing with aren't capable and, and that it's, they can't wreck our day because they, they certainly can. Comments? Yeah, I think if uh, a new believer was kind of indoctrinated into this at the very start, I, you might weed out the, the shallow believers or the 
the easy right. believers from the from the true believers. But just thinking about if that your induction into Christianity when you've accepted Jesus Christ and you you're baptized, you, you have this kind of ceremony where you're given the things that God gives you um, in your spiritual birth. So you get a new name, you get a spiritual gift, uh, a place in the brethren, an internal existence, and then they, you know, it's kind of rummaging through the box of things you're supposed to get, and out comes this helmet, and the, the guy's there in flip-flops and shorts and a tank top, and he's like, well, what, that, that's really not my style. Oh, you're going to need this. You know, he hands, hands it to him. Gets out the belt. Oh, yeah, I don't use a belt usually. You, you're going to need this. Right. Then comes the breastplate. Oh, that's really not my style. Trust me. You're going to you're want this. It's kind of like Ray Comfort's spiel on, you know, 20 years ago when he would share the gospel, uh, he, he would use the analogy that let's just say you get on an airplane and uh, the stewardess says, why don't you put on this parachute it, 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 just in case so you so you put it on well it's uncomfortable you can't recline in your seat people are making fun of you because you got a parachute on in a plane and such of that nature because uh, we all know the statistic flying is safer than riding in a car you know and so you take the parachute off and say stupid parachute well what if we changed that and you got on the plane and the stewardess said the pilot is drunk and we are most likely going to plummet out of 10,000 feet. You're going to want this. And you put it on gladly. <laughs> and you put up with the people making fun of you. You put up with the uncomfortable. The fashion statement. Right, right, yeah. right. So his analogy was when you go and tell people you need to accept Jesus Christ because he loves you. And, you know, he's going to make your life better. And your marriage is going to be better. And you're going to be wealthier and all this. And you put Jesus on. And before you know it, you're being persecuted. The devil's after you. <laughs> you know, you're getting beat up on every side. You're like, stupid parachute, you know, type thing. So, uh, amen. And, you know, honestly, Brother Gavin, why don't we do that? After someone comes to yeah. Christ, why don't we? Okay, your, your date is, you know, two weeks from now. We're going to sit down and we're going to pull out the treasure trove of stuff that you have now this been is what given. You got. Amen. It's discipleship. So, any other comments before we move on? All right. Wherefore. So now, you always know what wherefore and therefore is, right? When you see the word wherefore or therefore, you always look back at the verses previous to see what it's there for. So, in light of everything that Paul has just said, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So, I'll probably find out when I get to heaven. But I don't put on the armor in the order that it's given in Scripture. What, what do you guys think? Do you think that's harming Scripture when, when you take it out of order? What, what's your humble opinion? No. It'd be a really good study in why it, why it comes in this order. Yeah, and I, I haven't ever, I mean, I've studied the armor a lot. I've never been able to come up, nobody mm-hmm. has presented to me why, you know, th- th- there's significance to the order. Yeah. So, go ahead. And it comes in the verse right before it. It says, put on the whole armor of God. So it's, it, they're all of importance. I don't think the order really. Right. Just to make sure it all gets on there. Exactly. Well, right. And the only one that he lifts up above the others is the shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. So maybe if you're really in a hurry someday at Starbucks. Just the shield. Just at least take the shield. You know, just the joke. Okay. So, um, but, but we'll take it in the order it's given here. Uh, the girdle of truth. So I've shared this uh, story. In COVID, we all had a little bit more time on our hands than we did beforehand and afterwards. So one particular day, um, because y'all know everything was turned on its head, and for sure for preachers, 
you know, so now you're talking to your congregation through a, a lens, a lens, through a computer. You're not seeing them every week. You've told them to stay home. Mm. They didn't cover that in college. No, the exact opposite. The exact opposite. You beg them. You know, mm-hmm. you beg them to come every week. So I, I was, I was so. And, yeah, amen. And the Holy Spirit led me into a deeper dive of this passage. And so what I did to help, and I'd been putting on the armor for 20 years at this point. I put a 2023 word with the piece of armor to help me connect with what I believed God intended it to be for. So for me, the girdle of truth is guidance. It's talking about the word of God. Uh, Truth is the word of God. And so uh, I am putting on the girdle of truth so that I can have guidance in that day from the word of God. Comments? Oh, we did have someone text in saying it's uh, written that way because it, the Roman soldiers, that's how they dress there you themselves. Go. And that makes sense. Ceremonial. That, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, uh, for me, righteousness has to be a focus. If I don't make it a focus, I'm not going to be very righteous in that day. And so that's what I think about when I put on the breastplate of righteousness. Uh, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This is our purpose. This is why we're here. This is what we should do in this day. Our purpose today is to share the gospel in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Um, whether it is literally with your mouth or whether it's with your actions or whether it's with your prayer, uh, sending out a card, inviting someone to church. I mean, fill in the blank. You know, I was raised that to be a soul winner, you had to do a specific action. I, I am to a point now that if you do anything positive for the gospel, you're, you're being a soul winner to some level. Inviting someone to Sunday school is soul winning. Inviting someone to CR is soul winning. Such of that nature. Comments? Are you saying that just from the, the thought process that you may plant water yeah, to seed, right. but you're yeah. not always going to harvest Correct. the seed? Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely. P- planting seeds. I can mm. remember Gavin Hook's goodness. 30-some-odd years ago now, leading music. You went into a little tirade of planting good seeds. I haven't forgotten it. It, it, it was good stuff. I'm glad you remember it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, above all, taking the shield of faith. So now th- this one here opened my eyes. Practice. The shield of faith is for us to practice. Now, I haven't got to the... Helmet, the helmet stands for security. I am secure in Christ. The helmet protects the head. The head has the brain. The brain, and let's face it, guys, we are insecure to our very core. Most of our struggle on a daily basis is because of insecurity or insignificance. Well, the helmet of salvation protects us from that. We are absolutely significant and secure in Christ. Well, Guess what? You got to practice that. When those fiery darts come, you've got to practice whatever armor that the, those darts were meant for. You know, you got to practice following the guidance of God's word. You got to practice carrying out the gospel, uh, the, the shoes of the gospel. You got to practice focusing on righteousness. And then lastly, the sword of the spirit. That's the power, the power of God's word. So you got the guidance of God's word, and you've got the power of God's word to practice these 
specific pieces of the armor. So that, and, and I, you know, this is not anything new to you guys because I preach this pretty, pretty regularly. used to have a you struggle with the, the taking the shield of faith wherein you're able to quench fiery darts of the wicked one. How is faith a shield? I used to struggle with it. How is faith a shield? I always need a practical example. And it came to, it occurred to me that Joseph is a pers- perfect example of that. His faith in God's promise to him kept him from sleeping with Potiphar's wife. It kept him from, um, when the baker and the butler came to him, it kept him from lying to them. Oh, yeah, you guys are going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Just, uh, kept kept him. So, yeah. no, I'm no sorry. Worries. I probably would have done that. I, knowing me. In, a, in an Egyptian jail, what what is the uh, temptation? The t- it's so good when you have two Egyptians that are getting their own. To say, oh yeah, you guys are going to be great. You know, it'd be so tempting for me to just say, ha ha. Uh, but he kept his integrity. Amen. He believed in the promise that God gave to him, so it shielded him from the harm that could have come from any of those moral lapses. Uh, believing God's promise is is an act of faith. It's it shields you from doing things that are less than acceptable to God. So, Proverbs chapter thirty. Verse 5, every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. And, you know, I, for me, I've read that verse I don't know how many times. And God, this this month, when I, meaning April, when I read that just a few days ago, uh, it just re- connected with me. You know, that he, he is the shield of faith. You know, mm. he is who yeah. gave Joseph, you know, that ability uh, to, to believe, you know. That God has, to God practice. was going to fulfill his prop, promise Amen. to him in his life. All right, so I lost track of time, and we are now way behind way, schedule, and, and that's okay be, because Amen. we were having good discussions. I didn't want to interrupt, um, but for a transition, uh, some people in the audience have said that they felt the, the last adrenaline rush they felt was when their granddaughter was born. Then someone else said that they helped a turtle across the road today. Quite a rush. But that was a rush. Yes, especially depending on what road it's on. No, not right now. And then someone else said, the shield of faith I have always thought of a defensive weapon. The stronger your faith, your shield, the better your defense when trials come. It's also your first mechanism of defense before they get to your chest plate that is protecting your heart where the Holy Spirit lives. The devil must get past your shield of faith. Very good. Good stuff. Okay, so we're going to move on and very quickly build the Mount Rushmore of podcasts. So, what's the difference between a YouTube channel and a podcast? Yeah. Well, one has video with the talking and one does not. Podcasts are usually more long form Mm -hmm. and will come on more platforms than just YouTube, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, things like that. Very good. But if I go to Daily Wire and I watch one of the previous episodes of Matt Matt Walsh, is that not a podcast? I would say it's a podcast. So, it's 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 just a different platform. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a different mode of, I guess, transportation of the content. I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because if a lot of times YouTubers will not consider themselves podcasters. I got you. Unless they have a podcast going along with it. So, like, a lot of the people in the Daily Wire also publish their content as podcasts. So you can download it on your phone and listen to it anytime you want to. And not just have to have YouTube or whatever. So my... Mount Rushmore of podcast may or may not be YouTube channels as well. <laughs> Number four is Tim Waddell. Tim Waddell got his start uh, with Bill Jordan, 
back in the day when uh, videoing deer, you know, first started. Uh, Realtree uh, Outdoors, the, the, the camo pattern, Bill Jordan started. And um, David Blanton and Mike Wydell were basically the cameramen. And they did so well in videos, they became the hunters and other people, you know, became the camera guys. So uh, he he now has slash podcast, you know. I think, honestly, he started with the YouTube channel, and I think now he does do a podcast to go along with that, a long form. And so uh, that would be number four. Number three, Wretched, uh, which is the guy, he's got 500-and-something thousand followers and our subscribers, but he does a podcast on basically liberalism in church. Uh, number two, The Shepherdess. This is a lady who does a very organized podcast on, have you heard of her? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Doper Sheep is yeah. D-O-R-P-E-R. And um, it, she's really good. She's very organized. She, yep. she puts a lot of work into every podcast. And the number one is BRH. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's have sweet. you listened to a single episode? Okay, good. I have, yeah, absolutely. I was just curious. I haven't. <laughs> I, I absolutely hate the sound of my voice. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't sound like a little well, kid. Well, yeah, I, I sound like a little kid, too. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like this when I listen to the radio. Go ahead. All right. Whoever. Oh. I'll go next. Uh, so all four of mine can be found on Daily Wires. There you go. That. Uh, number four is the fireside chat with Dennis Prager. It's 30 minutes of him sitting down and basically free form whatever. Smoking a cigar? Yeah. Well, he used to, and then that they uh, YouTube told him he couldn't do that anymore. Over pretty soon. Oh, for <laughs> crying out. So well. before that he did, but now no no cigars. <laughs> Bill Maher does it. <laughs> yeah, well, Bill Maher's not always speaking the truth. No, no, absolutely. But but I mean, if YouTube would stop yeah, Prager, he, the, you he think they would, think would be would a stop Bill Maher too? Yeah, that's sorry. a whole other. Whole yeah, other yeah, I was saying. That's what I'm anyway, num- number yeah, three would be uh, Ben Shapiro show. Everyone knows who Ben Shapiro is. Yeah. If you haven't, kind of living under a rock. Yeah. Uh, number Ooh. two would be Andrew Clavin's show. Uh, he is definitely more of a, a romantic, I would say, than I am in a lot of areas. Uh, more in tune with the arts, and I've learned. A lot and got a lot of different perspectives from him because he, of that. He was a Hollywood producer. Yes, some and he's a writer. Producer. Countless yeah. books and huh. uh, playwrights. Andrew Clavin. Mm-hmm. Andrew Clavin. Okay. It's, it's excellent. Um, the number one is Matt Wall's show. If you if you want to know my opinion on something, you could pretty much watch his <laughs> show, and I'm going <laughs> to agree 100%. That's awesome. So that's that's my Mount Rushmore. All right. Good. Uncle Gavin? So uh, a lot of it's politically... Their, their political shows, uh, Dinesh D'Souza's, um, his podcast. He, he's really good for background. He was allied with uh, True the Vote here in that the, the movie that they produced, a documentary they produced that exposed the ballot harvesting in the, um, the 2020 election debacle. debacle. Um, so Dinesh D'Souza, he's always out there. Uh, Viva Fry, Robert Barnes is a combination of Viva Fry Law, I think, or Viva... Viva Viva Barnes Law or something like that. Um, they have a really good legal pod, podcast, and they talk about all things legal. So the legal aspects of the Kyle uh, Rittenhouse. Rittenhouse situation, they, they talked about that. And other lawsuit areas, they, they're really good at t- parsing out stuff that's uh, legal. Uh, Matt Walsh made number three. He's close to one or two. Uh, I, he's either... He has really broken through a lot of other competition for my... It, my attention, um, especially with this, what is a woman? Uh, yeah, speaks yeah, on a, a lot of cultural issues too, not yeah. just 
yeah. purely political. He, he's a really devout Catholic. I think mm -hmm. he's a Catholic, yeah. and that's that's where his moral foundation comes from. And he's really t taken a withering beating from this uh, what is a woman situation. Went to the Tennessee legislature. I don't know if you've ever seen mm -hmm. any of his talking before the Tennessee le legislature. He's the real deal. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Walsh and then Bill. I would have switched either way. Matt Walsh and Bill Whittle either way. Uh, if you ever wants good. Bill Whittle, he's, he's really good too. He's really good at um, generating and tossing out social ideas. He's the one that said that um, these... Uh, in St. Louis, we had uh, large areas of the city that were di uh, basically housing units that were produced for the poor. He said that's probably the worst I idea you could do is to put all the poor people together where they can't learn anything new. Right. All they learn is the, the ways to right. have ba bad habits poor from each other. Have poor ways. He's an excellent narrator, too. His series on the Cold War and on uh, Apollo 11 are both really good, too. Yeah. yeah. So what do you guys think about Dave Rubin? I haven't watched him much. Yeah. He's he's pretty much on the mark with political yeah. mm -hmm. things. I, I, isn't he? He's a gay guy though, isn't he? Is oh, he homosexual? yeah, he is. Yeah, I did not know that. Surprise, surprise. So it doesn't come through on his. He doesn't you right know, right shove it in your face, but he comes from a different. No, you're right. Yeah, I think he has a husband. Foundation. Huh. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um. So my Mount Rushmore is has two true crime things on it. The first one was Bear Brook, and then the next one is the clearing. I, and I found out that Bear Brook has a season two episode, so if you love true crime, definitely check those two out. Then Grace to You, which is... That's Alistair Begg, isn't it? Which is... What? Is that Alistair Begg, Grace to You? No, uh-uh. No? I oh, can't remember his Grace name. What's the dude that I like to refer to in... Oh, no. You're too young for this. I'm tired. <laughs> so uh, you it's threw the, me off when you said the, witches. I know. Sorry, I was <laughs> quoting... Um, uh, it doesn't matter. John MacArthur, thank you. Oh, Grace, to you. <laughs> That's your guy. And then well, I, I was like, who was the dude? Away with witches. I mean, what's this John Grace MacArthur, MacArthur and witches got to do with anything? I'm sorry, I said wit, and it doesn't matter. I don't yeah. have to explain. And then <laughs> I missed Grace to you. If I would have heard Grace to you, I would have known John yeah. MacArthur. I'm and then, so sorry. And then Ben Shapiro. Don't tell Tara, John. Tara be greatly disappointed in both of us. Yeah, I know, me, yeah. I'm disappointed in myself. Uh, Jamie Frosser texted in, BRH, Dr. Kevin yeah. Lehman. Uh, yes, Paul, Kevin Lehman. Paul Tripp, Raising Arrows, and The Ramsey Show. The Ramsey Show Ramsey's would be good, good too. Yep. Dave Ramsey's awesome. W what was that second one that she said? Kevin oh, Lehman. Yeah. If you have not, if you've got more than one child, you need to, to listen to Kevin Lehman. Uh, if you've got one child, you need to listen to Kevin Lehman. But uh, birth order is his thing, but he also covers a lot of other really, really good stuff. Okay. Very practical yeah. parenting. Yeah. Awesome. So we have 10 minutes left of the show. So are we going to do mystery topic or precarious Let's moment? Do mystery topic. Okay. So are oh. we done at 10 till? Oh, I don't know. How did you? Yeah, we have 20 minutes, 20 minutes left, left of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with the mystery topic. Just checking. Just checking. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> do you have a mystery topic? I do, you but it's, it's very, very weak. So, no, trust me, it's weak because I, I couldn't, I can't, I couldn't think about anything. And so this year I have been put in charge to come up with an escape room for Ooh. camp. And oh, cool. I, I know that, well, everyone here at this table actually has been in an escape room. Mm -hmm. And so I was just kind of curious if you could 
give me ideas or have thoughts or just about making an escape room. Try not to give too many hints. I felt like we were just mm. spoon-fed when yeah. we were there. Make, make like, did sweat. they give it to you without you asking for them? Sometimes. I felt like they yeah, were they really pushing Yeah, they would kind of radio the in and be like, well, you hey. might want to look over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I definitely do yeah. not like that. Yeah. yeah. So they had the ones we did, you had to ask, and you can only ask three times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. to be on the leaderboard and, or whatever. And then they would say, they would point to Ryan or to me, and they would say, they, they have something that goes with, the, you know, so they would yeah. help you out a little too much. Mm -hmm. Huh. So don't help them too much. Okay, good. And so let them suffer. Yes, yeah. make them sweat it out, and the consequences have to be real. She wants to I, chain one of well, them. Well, I was just about post. to say, <laughs> I'm thinking about doing a Paul and Silas breaking out a prison twist. And so, you know, having them handcuffed to one of the beds <laughs> at the beginning, seeing how like they have to find the key to get out first. Yeah. I, I have enjoyed all of the escape rooms that our family has done, but if I it's kind of like playing golf. When I started playing golf, if I got one good drive a game, it was a success. It was worth the twenty bucks, you know, green fee. Which now it's been a while since you've yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's now 50 or, or 75. With that said, um, I'm the same way in an escape room. If I can contribute one or two, you know, I, I feel like I'm a you, success because yeah, yeah. I'm not the brain of the outfit. I mean, anybody that <laughs> you know, watches my family interact, I am not the brains of the outfit. So uh, I, I think that if you have, there's got to be a, what would the word be? In other words, if it's so hard that only the brainiacs are going to enjoy it, you know what I'm saying? Right. Some yeah. of the puzzles right. need to be easier. Right. 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 You, you, leave some low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but the the ones to really get them out's got got to be pretty. You know, something that Brad would be challenged by. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or okay. even Shannon, for that matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid to let them fail. Yeah. 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 All right, so it's going to be a hard Ryan's core ready for children. <laughs> Don't be afraid to let them fail. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing I have to think about. There's kids camp and yeah. a teen camp. Well, Ooh. yeah, yeah. And, and don't be afraid to uh, ask for help. You know, you, you got folks, I think, that you've already enlisted, uh, and so they'll bring some good things to the to the table. All right, so if you're coming to church camp, I'll look for me. I will hopefully have an escape room ready for you to try out. Um, okay, moving on to would you rather. Would you rather spend the day flying around on the back of a bee or a butterfly? <laughs> well, I'm allergic to bees. But... Those are the hypothetical you be, situations. You would, yeah, you wouldn't be stung <laughs> I don't think you've got to be worried about that part. fatal if you're on the back of it. The bee is faster, so I think a butterfly would be a little boring. I was going to say the butterfly would be a rougher ride, too. I was saying like a horse trotting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the saddle. Uh, I've actually well, done that. And I was thinking it might be more boring on a butterfly, too, because what do they do? I mean, a, right. a bee is working You're both gonna be if you're on a worker bee. Uh, yeah, the yeah. butterfly is well, working, too. She's collecting pollen. But yeah, you never have to lazy. go back to the hive with a butterfly. Correct. Do that. Yeah. A lot of, lot of bees in there. Mm. So my, is it, did you have mm. another one? Oh, yeah, but you go ahead. Okay. Um, think along the lines of Lord of the Rings or some sort of sci-fi big blockbuster situation. So a new sci-fi trilogy is coming out. Would you rather 
read the books before you see the movies, or would you rather see the movies and then decide after the movies whether or not you're going to read the book? Read the book. Read the book. I go with the movies. Really? Yeah. I, I'm very picky on what I read. I'm so it would have to be a really good movie to make me want to read the book. Gotcha. Yeah. So this was a literal deal with me with Lord of the Rings because I, I was not a reader when I was a kid, and me and Tony went back and forth with it, and Tony was a, he couldn't read enough. And so he had read all of that, you know, Lord of the Rings stuff, The Hobbit and all that. <coughs> and so when the movies came out, he was like, you've got to go see them. And I'm like, Tony, I don't, you know, no, you've got to go see. He basically made me promise that I would go see. So I did. I went and saw the first one over at Sullivan. And it just, I mean, you talk about a hook. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. And we talked till 12 o'clock at night that night. You know, drove Dawn nuts because she was trying to go to sleep. But, uh, well, so after that movie, I got the books. I couldn't bring myself to finish book number one because I'd seen the movie. But I got two and three read before the movie, and it, it changed everything. It, the movies were more enjoyable mm -hmm. once I had read the book. They were also kind of sort of a letdown because, you know. Right, they're right. never even as good even as Even with the book. now, what's it called, uh, computer CGI. 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 They still can't match what you and I can do right here. In our imagination. Right. You know? Yeah, imagination, but then also just length. And even yeah. though, like, Lord well, of the Rings was, I mean, the extended version yeah. is four hours yeah. a piece, but it still, still does have not everything. have. Yeah. yeah. So I just was curious. I, I thought of that. What, what would you and rather Brad, do? And Brad back there said books as well. Yes, he did. I just wanted to make sure we got him on, yeah. the, on the podcast. Okay. Next. So would you rather have Solomon's brain hmm. or David's heart? David's heart. So what do you mean quick. by David's heart? Like, the, uh, not the Bathsheba type of heart. <laughs> 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 Let's clarify, Ryan says. The one that was after God's heart. Yeah, the one that was after God's heart. He was not after Can God's heart. Can we have a third option? Solomon's gold? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go. Sorry, i got to bring the carnal side in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, David had those too. Yeah, that, um, that, that kind of uh, reveals Solomon's heart. Right. I don't have a brain already, and I live just fine. So I feel like having David's heart would help don't more. Give yourself well, so, so mine's the reverse. I, I feel like I've got the heart side of it. I, I would enjoy some more wisdom. You know, I, I really would. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'd choose the wisdom. I think the, the heart will come along with it type thing. If, you, if you're having wi wisdom as kind of using knowledge to explain life, if you've got the more wisdom you have, the more truth you'll realize and the more heart toward God you'll have. You, you would hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, work so much for Solomon. Solomon. Yeah. But it didn't work out for David either. I mean, like, in the ideal right. situation, both yeah. of those would be great, but because we're fallen humans, they both failed even with those da David's attributes. heart, I, I, I would lean towards David's heart because of the, the conquest, the, the getting stuff done. Mm. Mm -hmm. And Solomon did too, but yeah. um, David started a whole, a whole new... Uh, dynasty, or mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the word is, but David's pursuit for stuff was because of his heart for God. Hmm. Solomon allowed himself to just pursue stuff for stuff's sake, mm -hmm. and and I think it ate him up. Hmm. You know, he started out right. Yeah, he no asked doubt. God for the right things. That, that's exactly and God gave right. him wisdom, yeah. gave him a big brain, uh, but then it just they they both got, started out right. Yeah. You know, when you yeah. get right down to it, and. 
you know, so if, neither is infallible. No, that's a good way to look at it. And if you measured failure, I think Solomon's failure would rise above David's, but David's was still, I mean, catastrophic. Yeah. Mm. You know, he lost and completely ruined the rest of his life. Pretty much. I mean, that one relationship, those with two, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. The, for me, the only thing, if you will, the saving grace of David's story is that that verse, you know, he was a man after God's own heart, is in Acts, in the New Testament. So if, I mean, this is going to sound it silly. It was infamous. Yeah, but, but, but if God was holding a grudge, <laughs> he could have kept that out. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and, and, but he didn't. He, he put it in there. And so, so even though David failed miserably, he also succeeded miraculously because of the heart. And repented and, and that was God's. that was God's grace. His repentance was real, too. Uh, amen. Oh, that Psalm 51. Mm-hmm. If you need to repent, go to Psalm 51. It's good stuff. What about you, Ryan? All right, so I said, uh, would you rather add one year to your life or get a no-strings-attached check for $70,000? The reason $70,000 is because that's the average income in the U.S. for one year. Would you rather add one year on top of whatever you're already going to get or I'm, just get... I'm needing that year. (laughs) I'm getting close to the end here. I want that that year. Yeah, because even though, you know, we're told every day now how terrible America is, we are still very much uh, the land of opportunity. And so with that other year, what could you do with with your family and and with income? You know, um, we... there's all sorts of money still to be made, mm-hmm. you know, from hard work and, and in, ingenuity and, you know, fill in the blank. That, that, I like that. That's a good would you rather. I'll take I, the money. I take the year. Take the you money. take the money? <laughs> I take the I was, money. I was interested because, I mean, there, you could argue either way. I personally would take the year, but then you also got, you know, if you're already going to make it to 90, do you really want another year on top that, of that? That might be a very that, bad year. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're taking <laughs> a risk with the year. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's a good point, too. So uh, I'd still take the year over the money, I feel, I think. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay, Jamie <laughs> Frostard said you're less likely to be killed on a butterfly. Um, and a monarch, someone else said monarch flies a long way. So those are those are two people who wanted to be on the back yeah, of the they butterfly. Yeah, they fly to South America. They sure do. Uh, yeah, they do go a long way. be a long trip. And then uh, someone else said David had strong faith to ask for forgiveness. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt. So we have a few minutes to talk about the last few chapters of this precarious moment. And that's all on Uncle Gavin, I believe, right? Well, you're going to have to give me the, the cues here from the book. So, so the last part of the book, he lays out both the, the this precarious place we're at as a nation and then basically lays the, the things to do at the feet of the church, what we need to do here. So um, in chapters 58, he begins to take up the mantra on what we need to do. Um, we need to know why we're created. That seems pretty uh, straightforward, but I think if you're somebody that you work with doesn't know that you know why you're here, that'd be really good to say to them. I, I think I'm here. I'm here to. Uh, I know as part of my calling is to be a veterinarian. It's just something that I, I just fell into naturally. Something I love to do, and I think I can bring joy to other people by helping them enjoy their pets. Um, so you, your people you work with should know that. Know know why the church is here. Um, we, we often th- feel like we're here just come to church to worship God and then go home. Uh, we all have a job to do in the kingdom as well, and, I, and he makes that very clear. He, um, we're here for service, and that's to prepare his people um, for service and for uh, a relationship with God. 
and just to feed the, the sheep. I'm just going down the list here, guys. You're doing great. Um, so see, they make some pretty um, stark claims about the percentages here. He says currently 65% or two-thirds of Christians uh, say they are hungry for more information on what the Bible teaches in relation to current cultural um, political, cultural and political topics. And if you're not familiar with uh, David Barton's website, The Wall Builders, you really should get yourself familiar with that. There's a lot of free stuff there. And he makes the point that in the day, in the, the founding of our country and, the, and its infancy, pastors made regular, uh, pre, regular sermons about contemporary subjects. Um, they, they preached on everything, uh, poverty, giving, uh, earthquakes they did they did the gambit uh, so Sinners there's in the a, hands of an angry god yeah yeah so every topic was was fair game by the um, pastors and preachers and he has a lot of the recorded sermons on his website um so and he also sa- says uh, we're here to be watchmen uh, not silent watchdogs he uses a couple of passages of scripture scriptures here in isaiah uh, scripture says for the leaders of my people the lord's wa- watchmen his shepherds are like silent watchdogs that give no warning when danger comes. Mm. There's going to be a special punishment for the watchmen who were silent as the uh, um, the wolves came in. Also, just uh, Christ- Christians and Christian leaders have also seen the specific steps by which the general changes have advanced. Supreme Court decisions that have struck down our traditional moral values. And we, we can't just let that go. We can't just let that pass and not say that this was a huge mistake. You can't continue on in a mistake and, th- and expect things to get better. College professors and universities that make their uh, mission to secularize Christian students, uh, that's something that needs, needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. A presence on campus, on campuses, would be really good. Um, no one wants to be the first one to blow the trumpet. It's not comfortable to be at Watchmen. Nevertheless, it's what God demands of, of us Christians in general and of pastors and shepherds in particular. Um, be a shepherd, not a hired hand. Um, John 10, verses 11 and 12 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. Uh, so you know who the real shepherd is. David was a really good example of that when he saw the lion or the bear come into his uh, herd and take a sheep. He could have just said, oh, yeah, I, I, I better keep a safe distance, mm-hmm. you know, could, could let it go. But he took his job seriously. He was willing to be harmed if it came to that to protect his sheep. Uh, that's a true shepherd. And then in, uh, we, we need to be individually sharing the gospel. We, that If all of the Christians today started sharing the gospel which we should, we would have probably as many evangelists as the, there have ever been in the United States. Um, and, and I mean that by, by people in the pew taking on the responsibility to share the gospel with everyone they know, right. or at least make an offer of it. Right. Um, we, we've got to share, uh, share the gospel. We were in Branson last weekend, weekend, weekend before last, and we went to the First Baptist uh, Church there in the, the pastor made a challenge that was kind of painful for me. He said, if everybody you prayed for today to be saved is saved tomorrow, how many people would that be? Mm. 
If everybody is, so tomorrow when you get there, how many people are saved because you prayed for them yesterday? That, that's pretty, that's good. yeah, pretty good challenge. That's good. A painful challenge. How many people have I prayed for today to be saved? So I, I, I've taken on your, your challenge to, to pick one. I've got one that I pray for regularly. But that would just be one. Right. If we prayed for specifically for people to know the Lord, and they, why should we, why would we be good. shocked? So. Yeah. If they got saved. Coming to a pulpit near you is an expansion of that one. Uh, Dawn and I have been doing it now for probably two months, maybe longer. Um, and it's in relation to also what we talked about Sunday with the uh, BAMO assessment. You know, a prayer list can become mundane and fruitless. But... A prayer list with intention can become powerful. And so the BAMO assessment and what you're talking about uh, is going to culminate in a loving challenge for us to get more pointed in our prayers, add more people's names to that list and such. And, and if another aspect of this, and this is just my personal addition to this, if, if you feel like you have to change something about your behavior or how you act at work in order to feel comfortable sharing the gospel, I challenge you to do that and make it public. Amen. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to cuss anymore because I'm a Christian. I just Amen. don't feel like it's a good witness. Um, I'm not going to slack off anymore. I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I confess this to you. I'm sorry I've done this. Uh, I'm hoping to make, make a, an impact on the people around me for Christ. Right. And this is not helping. Someone texted in that sometimes Christians need to be Christians outside of the church. Yeah. And okay. that's what we're talking about. Not sometimes, about. all the all time. The time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, amen. All the time. But, but good point. Uh, so, uh, do you, Is it going to be fast? I'm done. Okay. De- uh, Ryan, do you have any final thoughts? I had the word of and wisdom. And the word of wisdom. You can I'll, do, I'll go straight to the word of wisdom. Okay. It's not for me. It's from C.S. Lewis. I've said it before, but I was trying to think of something that I could use like this week, and that's what came to mind. But it's this... Uh, saying courage is not simply one of the virtues, but it's a form of every virtue at the testing point. Very good. Thank you. All right. This year has been awesome, guys. Thank you for coming. We hope to see you next year with new material and new fun things. Um, So see you next time. Thanks, everybody.